Time to play with pain. Hosted by Emmy-winning comedian and writer Jeff Cesario. Interviewing guests from comedy, entertainment, and sports. Plus, legendary sportscaster Chet Waterhouse. Don't worry, this shouldn't take longer than your average trip to Costco. And now, here's your host, Jeff Cesario. What is happening, everyone? Welcome to Play With Pain. Huge day. I love these days. This is the, uh, we got to get some stuff off our chests. I love doing the get the stuff off our chests, uh, where me and Gary get stuff off our chest, because there's more things in sports that bother me than I ever thought. Uh, And today, uh, we're joined by, I would like to call him, actually, a show regular uh, from other great Starbirds podcasts, uh, Dad Band Land, and no one listens to Paula Poundstone. It's the hilarious Adam Felber. Adam, how are you today? Hey, how you, <laughs> you doing? Hey, Jeff, can I ask you a question? Yes. What the hell is wrong with you? And for those of you listening right now, we're recording. I haven't looked at a clock in a while, but it's something like 7 a.m. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying it, it, it's early. And what, I'm what, old. Yeah, and I mean, that was my brunch. question. Do you have like brunch reservations at Ruby Tuesdays? And you, you're worried if the bus from the home gets in there, then they, you won't be able to get near the Tuesday. omelet station. That's, What's going on? That's too fancy. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get that seventh booth at Nate and Al's before they close the place. <laughs> I just like getting up, getting rolling. Yeah. And I'll tell you the other variable before we dive in. Is that to Gary? Gary, say hi. Hi, guys. Talking. Yeah. Hey, Gary. Uh, Gary has uh, big, he's got big podcasts he has to deal with over at Corolla World Headquarters. Oh, okay. So we got to knock this out the bottom early. Gotcha. Yeah, this is like before the Corolla Headquarters even opens. There's one <laughs> other guy there unloading sparkling water, and Gary, that's it. So all we're right. going to knock it off during those. Uh, Chet, how you doing? Today? I'm fine. Are we going to, re- yeah, all right. Are you, do you have an update for us? I got it locked tight in one of those brushed aluminum briefcases from deal or no deal i got it at howie mandel's garage sale time for the waterhouse update sponsored by thumbrella keep your hand high and dry with thumbrella nba finals golden state pummels boston like an alley cat on a fat squirrel warriors downing more shots than george thorogood and the destroyers at a state fair gig medical note covid no covid strep throat just the flu whatever it is stop gang kissing a metal round trophy it's bad for the germs and a refreshing twist guys the Celtics said they're not going to focus on getting back to the championship and winning it all. They're just going to coast for a couple of years. That wrap-up sponsored by Nutsacks, a perfect serving of nuts in a pocket-sized sack. NHL Stanley Cup, Colorado and Tampa Bay battling like two Teslas over the only power drop at an Iowa truck stop. Two American teams. This is like Ottawa and Winnipeg in the finals of a barbecue cook-off. That item sponsored by Par Mitzvah, the golf method that'll make a man out of you. 
America's pastime. Now, not frantically Googling Juneteenth. Baseball, slumping Dodgers, stranding more men than the Titanic. Yankees, hotter than Kim Kardashian, ruining a historic dress. And finally, this week in sports history, the year 1960. The place, the New York Polo Grounds. Floyd Patterson, Dex, Sweden's Ingemar Johansson to retake the heavyweight crown. Said Johansson afterward, my pregame routine of Ingmar Bergman films did not work. This Waterhouse update sponsored by Jehovah's Witness Protection. Disappear to the warm grip of the Lord at Jehovah's Witness Protection. Back to you guys. Wow, thank you, Chet. Chet's yeah. on his game today. That was good. Yeah, Chet, Chet was ripping. He's got some good sponsors coming up, too. All right, let's just dive in, gentlemen. Uh, Gary Smith, my producer, and, of course, the great Adam Felber. I'm going to start getting something off my chest, give you guys think, you know, focusing on this stuff to get off your chest. But uh, th- uh, this bothered me. And, uh, Adam, you're a huge NBA guy, so I know you're going to be able to dive in on this. Um, I didn't like – I love watching the Warriors play basketball. It's great. It's like watching – water find the path of least resistance they're always they're constant fluidity constant motion. love steve kerr love steph curry i love draymond green i love that whole because i because i know he's big 10 he's tom Izzo, and part of that chip on his shoulder comes from all of that and that makes it kind of charming to me but i don't like after they won they, they hammered this whole no one thought we could do it and I just thought, well, <laughs> it's kind of unseemly look after Chris Paul went down. Everyone thought they could do it. A lot of people thought they could do it before Chris Paul went down because they're having a hell of a year. So I, I get that as a motiv- motivating factor in the locker room. I get that. Leave it in the locker room. Clay Thompson taking chip shots at some kid on Memphis who t- tweeted him. I mean, you know, <laughs> that was that was about it. That was that was. Patient zero right there. Yeah, that was yeah, low. For, for their that attitude, was, yeah. Yeah, you act like you've been there before because you have. You've been there three times. You've been there five times before. Yeah, you've been at times. the finals five times. You've won three. You're considered a dynasty. Yes, we get it that Clay Thompson was hurt and they had an off year last year. And then, you know, everybody had an off year the year before because there was a yeah. worldwide pandemic. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> So, but yeah, maybe show a little bit of grace, but they have no grace. You know why they don't need to have any. And the reason they don't need to have any is that um, San Francisco sports fans are underratedly just like Boston sports fans. The accent is different, but the attitude is the same. This attitude of, of when we win, it's because there's something inside our tummies that's just better than what's inside the tummies of everybody else in America. You know, that Boston yeah. expresses it differently, but both both uh, little jewel cities to the north tend to have that sort of attitude. And for the Golden State Warriors, who, by the way, had the highest payroll in the NBA. And it's to, only like, going up. It's yeah, going to be half a billion yeah, dollars. To, to put on that little doll dress and go like, oh, boop, boop, be doo It looks like little old me won. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, we were just up there. I was just telling Gary, and it's worth retelling. We were just up there in San Francisco. Uh, we're looking at a school for my daughter. So we're up there and we're doing all the touristy things. We caught the uh, Dodgers Giants, one of the Dodger Giants games. Yeah. Uh, Friday night at Oracle Park, which is a nice park, uh, good food, bit closed in, night game, 
it just got more dread poured in the more people drank. It just had the Dodger bats not been so poor. Uh, we got out of there fast because the Dodgers were bad. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, we say the whole game, but you could feel, you know how you feel it sometimes in a stadium where you go, it's going to get ugly quickly. Yeah. Uh, it, we were, we, the game ended about 15 minutes before that happened. There, there is a thing to, you're right, to Bay Area fandom that we tended to throw on Oakland. Yeah, and it ain't. absolutely undeservedly, undeservedly yeah. on Oakland. <laughs> right, right. All Oakland does is make the players that you love. Because <laughs> yeah, right. people were pounding micheladas. I mean, like eight-year-old kids. It was yeah. crazy there. And I think they get this chip on their shoulder. And and then we were we did a cable car ride because uh, our daughter had never been on a cable car. So we thought that'll be fun. So right before we leave. Most of those cars are station, satellite now. It, it, the self drive streaming cars <laughs> cable is out man cable's out so so we did it and, and very nice fella all all good intentions but he stops he sees we have dodger hats on and he goes we shouldn't be fighting each other man we should be together man it was like he might have already had a couple of drinks but it was fun but it was also like I don't know what you're referring to. I don't have. Yeah, well, that's always the thing about coming from against the Giants. Exactly, and that's 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 why I liken it to Boston, and in some ways to Chicago. Because Chicago people are just so nice, but um, the the littler cities think that they have a rivalry with the bigger cities, and yeah. then the bigger cities are like. Who are you again? <laughs> I, and I love yeah. rooting for the Giants. If the Dodgers aren't in it, uh, I, I love those cities. I love San Francisco and I love Boston. But there's a unique obnoxiousness to the sports fans of those two cities that I love so dearly. Yeah, they have they have gone out of their way to build a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. And it's kind of rickety because they're not good at the blue collar uh, skills. Well, not, so, not on that side. It, it, in in yeah. Boston, they're great at it. Right. That's true. <laughs> right. Until they get drunk and misfire. Yeah. Oh, guys. Hey, that was sponsored by auto body experience. Adam hover 20 feet above your car repairs at auto body experience. Uh, uh, Gary. And, 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 and well, Adam's our, our official guest. Gary, I know you got something on you. Oh, let's have Gary. Uh, no, no, no. Let's do. Let's do you first. My chip on my shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no, no. You're, uh, you're. Uh, we we don't want to mix our metaphors, which I'm sure we've already done at least. Yeah, three I know we have. <laughs> uh, let's get this. Let, oh, let me give Gary time and post to put a big echo on this. Let's get uh, Adam. Get it off your chest. Okay, Jeff. Now you know I'm a New York Yankee fan. Yeah, and with yeah. that comes a certain amount of uh, you know. Uh, I have no right to any self-righteousness, right? I mean, <laughs> biggest, baddest, most expensive team ever. And they're, and they're awesome. I look, they're having, obviously we're going to talk about that. I'm guessing yes. they're having an amazing season uh, next week after, after ping ponging between Tampa and Toronto, things don't get easier for them. They play the Houston Astros and I'm looking at the schedule and I'm thinking, how is that team still allowed to be in baseball? So, I, I mean, yeah. it still hurts to see how little, they paid for cheating their way to a World Series championship. Yeah. And when you talk to an Astros fan, they go like, well, it couldn't have had that much influence in the game, even though we devoted an incredible amount of time, energy, and subterfuge to making it happen. It really was not much. Or, or they'll pull that, well, everybody does it. Oh, really? No, they don't. Yeah. And so, like, the fact that, that like, Alex Cora, I think, had to uh, 
you know, buy lunch twice for the commissioner. And that's pretty much yeah. all that happened to anybody. It, it yeah. still burns me up. They're cheaters. It's the worst baseball scandal since uh, the steroid since era, ever, for maybe. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really bad, and nothing was done. And nothing was done, I think, in the name of maintaining the appearance that everything is well with the game rather than actually making everything good about the game again. And, uh, you know, that kind of attitude kills marriages. It kills sports, too. Yeah, it's too much work to make everything better. It's easier to just sweep it under the rug. Yeah. And of course, the single one entity on the planet that can actually go pandemic kind of helped us. The Astros. <laughs> yes. Where every fan base had painted signs already and masks of Joey Cora and uh-huh. Altuve. Everybody was ready to charge to the park and give it to the Astros. And nothing happened. The pandemic bailed them out. Nobody was allowed to yeah. go to the park. You know, you know that you're not on the right, uh, morally on the right side when the two things that have benefited your team most, besides cheating, are the pandemic and Donald Trump. <laughs> because I think that had Trump not been elected, and we didn't get this incredible amount of outrage fatigue, you right. know, because like Tuesday's outrage is dead because on Wednesday, you know, he 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 went and kicked the prime minister. Of Germany. Yeah. <laughs> Just, right. you know. It, it's really it's really true it's like oh this story of the astros cheating the worst cheating scandal since at least the black Sox. i mean yeah you you can say all you want about other teams do it i I don't think another team has squirreled a tunnel into the scoreboard set up (laughs) a guy out there and then squirreled him back. So it's bad. And set up this garbage camping. Like anybody who yeah. watches that World Series in what was it, 2017? You right. can hear them beating the garbage cans with their secret code. It, it's absolutely, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, like, like, like a cowbell in, in a rock song. It's just there constantly. You can't but not so hear it. Yeah. Worst scandal. And, and you're thinking, okay, this is going to be in the news cycle. For a month, even as quickly as our news cycles go. Yeah. So Houston's going, give it time. Let's just ride this out. Sure enough, like you say, <laughs> Trump elected. Everybody's outrage is put over there. Pandemic. Yeah. Nobody come to the parks. And the Astros luck out again. Yeah. It's I, I just want I just want uh, Houston fans out there to know I'm not forgetting. No. Never. No, nor should we. <laughs> yeah. I uh, went through all the all the trouble. Of getting uh, uh, a a Jose Altuve costume, I'm going to wear it. Damn it! I'm going to what I'm gonna on Halloween? Myself, yeah, I'm going to turn myself into five. No, I'll go to the park next time the Astros are in town. I'm going <laughs> to give it to him. The hell of it. Late retro hatred. I love it's it. I'm an Italian here. I can hold this for a long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Gary, what do you got? Well, you guys both went baseball, uh, which is not something I've been following this year. I, I've just sort of fallen off. And, you know, I I sort of expected that when I got to around the age I am, I'm about to be 40, that I would be somewhat set in my ways when it came to sport. I have my teams that I like. I've got the college teams. I've got the pro teams. I've even got the sports that I like. You know, some of the sports that I maybe followed more closely as a boy have fallen off because I don't have as much time. I have to devote my time to the sports that I really love. This is in- very poetic. 
until like an ESPN rant. You want to do that with it doesn't rhyme yet, man. You want to take another draft at that? Well, here's the thing is that I I have found myself to be wrong and I feel I am being manipulated and I do not appreciate it. And the producers of the Netflix show F1 Drive to Survive have manipulated me to becoming a fan of Formula One to the point that this Uh Father's Day, I walked into my father's house, picked up the remote and turned off golf and turned on F1 to Blank stares from 11 members of my family who have never seen me watch a stitch of racing in my entire life, nor would I. But this show is so expertly produced that they've got me hooked. And when I saw that there was an 11 a.m. race going on, I figured, why not? I'll tune into that for 15 minutes. I wasn't watching it like a like some sort of an expert. But then everyone in my family starts asking me questions about the cars. And I'm like, I don't know. I can tell you who's mad at who from last season on which team, because (laughs) I watched the TV show. That's all dramatized. Is that what's happening? Is that why people like invasion of the body snatcher? Like I have friends now who, are like, oh, Formula One is on. Look out. Look at this. It's the first Formula One race in America. Look at like suddenly I have friends who know stuff about that shit. Is it because of the reality show? Yeah. Apparently their numbers are up 40% since the reality show came out. Oh, uh, like wow. year to year across the board, their numbers are up 40%. Here's, here's two things. The first is you have, Gary, been under the stress uh, when it comes to motorsports of Stockholm Syndrome your entire career. Yeah. Because you you are at Corolla headquarters. If you look out the window of that little office, you will see three race cars. Correct. 20 race car jumpsuits, 15 pictures of, of uh, Paul Newman and Ace together. Yeah. So it's be- it's been bearing down on you for a long time. And that'll so do it. That, that'll there. absolutely do it. Like, Jeff, if you remember when we worked with uh, Spike Ferriston. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. part of the, the Jerry Sunfeld crew. Mm-hmm. And right. if you if you. If you go and get your, you know, drink from the fountain of Seinfeld, you end up with a Porsche problem. Yeah, yeah you really yeah. do. Yeah. You, you really start looking at stuff going, it's not as slick as the Porsche. Why are you talking like that? I don't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and it, it's, it's, you don't have to be talking about cars for them to liken it to a Porsche. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> so exactly. You could be talking about a sandwich. <laughs> I like Formula One. I like turning it out once in a while. I don't seek it out. Uh, but I'll say this. Uh, and this is a, the very mean part of me that I've been able to box up and uh, and ship air freight to a different part of my body. But it comes back uh, once in a while. And this is what if uh, Formula One rode the wave of this documentary and got way more popular than soccer in this country? Like like that. <laughs> like soccer has been working. Poor soccer. Youth soccer. <laughs> college soccer. Whatever. Formula One comes in. They show a couple of hot chicks and a couple of good looking dudes are racing. And bam. That's humiliating. Soccer, soccer. Soccer's been working so hard. Well, you know here- what? I actually became a big Premier League fan in the last couple of years. So uh, I, I do. I do feel for soccer. They've been trying harder. But one thing I'll say about Formula One, and maybe this has something to do with uh, with your experience there, Gary. Uh, I do like the aspect of it being like a, a scenic video game. Oh where, yeah, where the, the whole like riding through the streets of a city yeah. thing, and oh, and here's a stretch along the beach. I mean, it's it's like there's a certain kind of you know, video game, even Mario Kart aspect to it. I could not, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the one that was this past weekend, the Canadian Grand Prix, it it looks like they built this track in the middle of a river. And, you know, they're all like that. They're all these beautiful. And now that we've got ones coming to the States, there's going to be Miami. There's going to be one down the strip in Vegas in like two years. And it's like, if that's not going to build American popularity, I don't know what is because I, 
I'll be going to Vegas for that. Why not? Uh, even if I'm not sitting there watching the race, that's just a fun weekend. They're missing one thing that the video games do have that they don't yet. And they, uh, just a little tip for you guys at F1. If you really want to stick it to soccer, do the go full video game shortcuts. Hey, that's oh. that's good. Yeah. Like, like yeah, you, you know what? So- if you run off the bridge, it turns out there's another roadway underneath. Mm, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so build like runaway truck ramps right into the course is what yes. you're saying. But you have oh, to disguise 100%. them so you don't know if you're actually getting a shortcut or if you're wrecking your car. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like you turn that's into the you turn into a you know just a stand of trees or shrubbery, and it turns out that it's covering a hidden path. That's uh, yeah, a, that's awesome. And you know, yeah. most of these drivers are European. Uh, they're familiar with the uh, faint scent of death. Uh, so like NASCAR <laughs> safely netted the entire. Uh, yeah, don't do that. You can't net a whole course. Anyway. No. So, yeah. Now, and, and part of the danger is, is, you know, somebody's going to flame. Andy Granatelli's turbine has spun out into the crowd. <laughs> I mean, you, you want a little bit of an element of that. Yeah, and no doubt. Ask me what the most dangerous sport was. A lot of people said boxing. And I always said. Uh, this was back before all the netting was NASCAR because uh, I, I don't care how dangerous boxing gets. A boxer's shoe is never going to fly off and kill seven people in the front row, which is not going to happen. No, absolutely. It's a really good point. But Gary, final verdict. Do I need to be watching this reality show or is that just going to suck my time away like yeah. a vampire? Uh, n- you know, I would encourage everyone uh, to check it out, but check out uh kind of commit to watching a whole season because the way the show works is one season of the show follows one season of formula one racing all 22 races kind of the, wow. the chase of the championship and i don't think it'll necessarily suck you in i i i i'm not sure i'm all the way in i'm certainly more interested but i turned on this one because it was at 10 a.m because it was in canada the ones that are in azerbaijan are on at three in the morning so you could dvr them but you're gonna probably see a headline on twitter and have it ruined for you but the show is just expertly produced and so well drawn dramatized i would encourage i would encourage you specifically to watch it just to appreciate the production value you'll be able to sit back and go god these these guys are really on this and you know they they took a whole season and put together this perfect bite-sized thing it's it's impressive plus they don't they don't back away from the sort of project runway element no of the fashion uh they look fantastic the drivers look fantastic fantastic the pit crews look the fans are ridiculous they're dressed to the nines it's kind of cool on that front i get it i get it as a video game that kind of makes sense to me hey guys that was sponsored by corn hell the only cornhole game with a 20 foot drop into a fire pit and of course dick tuckers women's clothes for men back to you guys round two of get it off your chest all right i'll start i got an extra one here i don't care okay yeah sure i got an extra one um and it's baseball. Uh, I actually started with the NBA, but I didn't want to step on you, Gary, because you were on a roll. Go for um, it. But uh, ba- the Dodgers, I believe, are in danger of slipping from slumping to just not very good. They started the season 14-2. and two. That's 12 over 500. Yeah. In the ensuing 50 games, they're three over 500. They're essentially playing 500 ball for the majority of the season. Now, they've had injuries. Uh, Mookie's been out here and there, you know, uh, you know, Lux has been out here and there. They lost Kershaw for a while. They've had some pitching rotation problems, et cetera, et cetera. But they are the Dodgers. They have purchased a lot of really good players. They have a lot of really good players from the farm system. They've traded well. They got a great roster. I think something's up 
in the locker room, and I'm not sure what. Now, I'm sure a phenomenal hitting streak. Their bats are off right now. They're slumping. But, you know, that'll take care of a lot of it. But I'm not sure, even if that happens, how much great hitting or for how long great hitting is going to cover the fact that something's off. It's just off. Yeah, you know? I, I can't disagree with you. I mean, for one, you know, Dodger fans, and, and I, lo- I, I really love watching the Dodgers, but the fans are like, oh, man, what's wrong with Justin Turner? It seems like ever since he, you know, ever since he turned 52, he hasn't been yeah. as good. <laughs> yeah, guess what? People age. But I th- and I think you're right in that the Dodgers, to me, are kind of like on that knife's edge right now. And I want to use the 90s baseball metaphor. Are they the Yankees? or the Atlanta Braves of the 90s. They're a team that's, you you know, a lot of money has been spent. They finally eked out one championship, but there's that fatigue that the Braves, you know, I I think the Braves for 75 years in a row went to the World Series without winning, something like that. 13 and they won one of them. Yeah, exactly. And I think the Dodgers are in that place right now where if they don't get a second ring, they might have that, you know, we're the, you know, the winningest losers in town kind kind of feel to them. Yeah, and, and I mean, you look at the teams they're playing. Uh, they just played Cleveland. We went to a game at the stadium. And, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I think Terry Francona, uh, you know, slipped a few past Dave Roberts. I think he outmanaged them. And, and you know, it, it, very few people maybe could outmanage, uh, you know, Roberts, who's a solid manager. But Francona is one of them. And, I mean, you know, the, the they got a young team. Uh, but, you know, it's like, two comparable teams playing the, the, you know, the Indians are six over 500. They're yeah. scrambling. They got a young squad. And quite frankly, Bellinger who's hitting two Oh nine and Muncie who's hitting one fifty, would be benched on any other team, even a yeah. name team. And I know you got to give your players a chance to come back. And you got it. It is only, it is only June still, but, but you know, it is, it's June already. It's not April anymore. And right. I think winning fatigue might be the problem. There might, but you're right. It could be some other kind of like uh, clubhouse cancer that we're unaware of. But so something, something is amiss. Something's amiss because they have bats that have been hot. Freeman's been hot. He's hitting 300. Trey Turner's hot. He's hitting over 300. Uh, um, um, Chris Taylor is consistent. Lux has been giving them a good bat at different places in the lineup. So you'd think, okay, they should be able to still. M- you know, make up for the loss of power or consistency other areas of the lineup. They're not able to do it. Well, they're good enough for now. You know, some teams yeah. can kind of turn it on down the stretch. They're tied for first right now. So, so yeah, I mean, there's only two teams better than them. Your Yankees. Good God. And, and the Mets <laughs> who are both on fire. Well, the, the, I could talk about the Yankees all day and I'm going to, here we go. No, which no, be, I think we're going to be Gary's. Uh, get it off his chest. Yankees fans who can talk forever. <laughs> no, I'm not going to talk no, about no, them at all. Because you know what? You deserve it. They're, they've won 50 games for guys. Well, I could pull a, you know, nobody, I could pull a like a Golden State Warriors. <laughs> nobody saw this coming because right. in fact, you know, one thing I do, because I'm such a, you know, I'm not just a Yankee fan. I'm a, I'm a Schadenfreund fan. Um, so, and so one thing I have done is look at the preseason predictions that had the Yankees finishing second or third this year with a record of like, 87 and 70 something right but so the fact that they're just stomping like that does feel good but i'd rather talk about the mets because nobody saw that coming people thought they'd be good but to be that good without your two best pitchers is crazy the idea that like those 
that DeGrom and Scherzer could come back. And if they come back anything like their previous selves, how do you stop that team? Yeah. And, you know, all, all credit to picking up Lindor. Yes. Tremendous pickup. Absolutely. And it's just given them an engine that they did not have, uh, which is amazing. And then, I don't know, do you give credit to Buck Showalter? You kind of have to. And yet here's a guy who everybody just reamed when he was wherever Kansas City, wherever he was, and they kind of shat the bed a couple of seasons. Every well, Showalter's the problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that guy can never catch a break. Wasn't his first? I know. His first managing uh, stint was on the Yankees in like 1995, <laughs> and he he built this team of this you know with his bare hands, made it to the playoffs, and then they're like, you know what? Let's have Joe Torre come in and take over and get all the credit. <laughs> Right. <laughs> let's, send, let's send Showalter over to the Orioles and blame him for that mess. <laughs> so, you know, you have to give Showalter the credit to some degree. Uh, and hopefully they can hang on down the stretch here and they don't have a big slump. They have maybe a series of mini slumps because they should be able to handle the NL East. They, they, I don't. Well, that's going to, I think the NL East is an underrated. Everybody talks about AL East and NL West. The, the NL East, don't forget, they have the defending champions right there. Um, Philadelphia is starting to play good ball. That that's an underrated division. They underperform, but they're underrated. Right. And they're going to have to overperform to catch the Mets. For sure. Anybody but Atlanta else? just had a uh, had a ninety game yeah. winning streak last month, right? Was, they did. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> and that that's got to scare you a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, oh, look who just got it rolled out of bed in in, in late May. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, their manager Schnitzel Snitker something. <laughs> you, you know, Snitker. Yeah, he's like the under under the radar Buck Showalter. If that's even possible. Oh, he's the only manager in the, in the, in the major leagues whose players don't know his name. <laughs> Certainly don't know how to spell it. They're not even close to that. Yeah. Hey guys, that was sponsored by River Glance, the Irish dance sensation where only their eyes move, and of course, Candelabra, <laughs> the world's fanciest doorknob. Hey, uh, you guys got any more? Any anything? Any little tidbits to get off your chest before we wrap this up and let Gary get onto his real thing? You know, I I feel purged. Oh, good. <laughs> All my anger is gone. Well, I just got I got one quick question for you guys. At what point does the PGA just have to give up? Because I woke up this morning and Brooks Kepka <laughs> has also gone over to this live tournament in Saudi Arabia. And it's it just seems like these guys are about the bottom dollar. And at what point, how many of your big name golfers can go before you just have to throw your hands up and be like, all right, you can play in both if you want? Well, tip of the cap to Colin Coward, who was on this this morning, and he said, I get it. I get that we're all up in arms that live or LIV or whatever it's called is just drenched in Saudi blood money. Yeah, I get it. But what exactly is the PGA? They don't (laughs) run these tournaments. They don't build these tournaments. They run, they don't run any of the majors. Right. You know, and this is all from coward. Oh, that's right. That's right. They don't, they don't run the majors. They run all the tournaments. Nobody gives a shit about in between the majors, But, but they're like, management they're like organize they're organizers they're not yeah. even they're not even bosses they're not these guys bosses they don't really pay them you know they're like a crime family that doesn't have uh you know that just isn't good at crime yeah you know <laughs> it's like you know we're a great crime family but 
but we don't do gambling or drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. the NC2A. <laughs> Our top three Dons got killed in a massacre, and we're just going to coast for a while. It, they're like that. We don't do gambling or drugs, but we have the greeting card industry sewn up. <laughs> you, you cannot sell a Mother's Day card in this town without us. You know, <laughs> the Kansas City mob, they got Hallmark sewn up. <laughs> So so we do have to kind of figure out wh- what these players are going through. And if the bottom line is money, it's a, at some point, again, Coward's point was somebody would have come in and filled this hole, whether it was Apple or Amazon or somebody would have come in and gone, hey, wait a second. Yeah. There's a need waiting to be filled here, which is a bunch of really good players who aren't getting any real organizational skill out of the PGA. Who's name a player that's as vivid in your mind from today's tour as Lee Trevino or Chichi Rodriguez or, or, or Freddie couples or, or, or Freddie couples, Craig, the, uh, uh, the, the walrus Stadler. Yeah. You might want to mention Tiger Woods in there too. Yeah, sure. And And, and, he sucked all the air out of, you know, he, he, he took the energy out, out of golf when he left. Yeah. And, and, and and Tiger didn't play a lot of, 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 uh, Tuesday through Sunday PGA tours. No, no, he just didn't. Once he got big, he said, "I'm I'm going. I'll play international, you know, escape matches. I don't give a crap. I'll play celebrity, you know." So the if the bottom line's money, somebody was going to fill that hole, and somebody may still come in to compete as a third entity. And I think the first entity that pushes these guys and lets them be the personalities they are and doesn't cubbyhole this into an American country club sport, Yeah, but broadens it, they're going to clean up. And it's hard. Yeah, go ahead, Gary. I was going to say, and I think the only way that that can really happen is if these guys are getting, you know, guaranteed salary payments or, or guaranteed purses, you know, that they that are big enough that they don't have to conform to their 31 title sponsors. You know, it's, it's hard to be right. an authentic That's person true. when you've got Bentley on the hat, Deloitte and Touche on the, on the yeah. shoulder, you know, it's like dating myself there. It's called Deloitte now, but yeah, it just all these giant sponsors, these guys have to conform and they have to, you know, DJ so can't really working. be who he wants to be when he's right. concerned with We're Honda. Get a lot of angry emails from those Deloitte. Uh, from my father. From the, yeah. From the, accountant. but and those solo athletes also, you know, they're, tennis i i put tennis in sort of the same bin as golf eventually they're just going to follow the money wherever they go they're not known for their you know for their team spirit or their deep moral thinking you know it's sort of like oh you want me you want me to play in saudi arabia you know uh, sure sure Uh, during the beheadings yeah Yeah, yeah. sure how many zeros you want want me to do a tv ad for a product called blood diamonds all right (laughs) sure Yeah, absolutely. I have Novak Djokovic for blood diamonds. (laughs) (laughs) When I'm buying diamonds, I like to make sure they're drenched in blood. (laughs) All right. That's uh, gentlemen. uh, We're out of time. That was fantastic. I feel better. Uh, Gary Smith, tip of the cap, my producer, who also weighed in with a couple of great ones. And our fantastic guest, uh, the great Adam Felber. Uh, We got a lot of stuff off our chest. Yeah, uh, you can follow Looking Gary. forward to having breakfast after this. Oh, yeah, right. In another two hours. <laughs> you have time to drive over the hill and join me at John O'Groats. Uh, <laughs> Gary can be followed at G. Patrick Smith. Follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Felber. Adam, one of the podcasts dropping? Because I know Dad Band Land 
is your baby. And I know uh, nobody uh, listens to Paula Poundstone is crushing it on Starburns. Yeah, uh, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is crushing it. Dad Bandland is getting off to a flying start, I, I want to say. So uh, I encourage your listeners to check. If you if you can be ob- obsessive about music as you are about sports, you will like Dad Bandland. It is obsessive, funny music talk f- that happens to be from the point of view of a neighborhood cover band. Look, obsessive and funny. That's enough. I'm uh, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> gentlemen, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Follow me on Twitter, at Real Jeff Cesaria. My album, What Was I Thinking? Streaming everywhere. The Play With Pain mugs. They hold every kind of liquid available at jeffcesario.com. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, I love doing this for you guys. So spread the word. Tell your friends. It's just some dumb fun that's mercifully short. Uh, look for me on the road. Uh, check my website. I'm going to put some dates up. Knock on wood in the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, Chet, what do you got cooking? Oh, brother. Oh, this will be a good one this weekend. I'll be in Kvetchum, Idaho, calling the first annual Jewish outdoor games for the You've Got to Be Kidding Me Network, sponsored by Synagogals. Everything looks more Jewish with Synagogals, including you. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.